0: I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, a reminder to continue your practices, your mindfulness, your seeing and appreciation of whimsy, your quest for balance, for meaning, for understanding and connection. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 383, Teapots in a Tree. I didn't realize until I said that out loud that, of course... There is a rhyming sing-song quality to that. 383 teapots in a tree. Teapots in a tree. Well, I'm here. My chair seems to be even more squeaky than usual. I don't sit in this chair except to podcast anymore. I never sit back here. So I'm here with a squeak. Hear it? And I don't... Fully even know where to start. I don't know where to start. And yet I realized this week that in my own haze of anxiety and stillness, that I was being silent at a time during which I should instead really be talking. That really hit me all of a sudden. I had a sudden jolt of awareness that this is when I should be talking. And no, not because I'm trying to capitalize on anything. I am seeing all kinds of that. And I respond really strongly to that, negatively to that. So, no, it's not that. It was more this sudden awareness that maybe. I can offer something right now. Because I know that many of you may be needing talk. Needing balance. Needing to feel connected. And needing the time passing goodness that listening to a podcast can offer. And yes, audiobooks, I hope you have those lined up. I hope you have bunches of those. I hope you have lots of real books and or digital books all at your fingertips. And even as the libraries close, hopefully you can still get those digital files when you need them and when you want them. And then of course, there are thousands of podcasts out there. Thousands. I think many of us, many of you maybe needing the reminder that even when you feel still, or scared, or worried, or afraid, art can help. That is not a silly thing, and it is not a selfish thing. It is and can be an incredibly important thing. Making and taking time for art, even a simple bit of drawing or the artful writing of words which doesn't have to be complicated can help it can help you breathe it can help you focus and find some kind of calm that you need in days just like these And I think many of us need to hear that. We need to hear it from all kinds of people. We need to hear that. I think you may be needing time spent with a pen or paintbrush or glue stick, too. I really do. I really think that. I really believe that. Instinctively, I am doing that. And that's partly what I realized. I needed to be telling all of you to do that, too. And I hope that if you are a doodler of any sort, that you pick up a pen right now and just let yourself doodle throughout the show. Unless, of course, you're driving. But I think right now a lot of people are home. So just doodle. You don't have to just stop everything and listen. Maybe you knit while you listen, or maybe you're doing dishes or laundry or whatever it might be. But if you're not really doing something, I hope you pick up a pen and doodle. Whatever comes to mind, it might just be the last word you hear me say, and you write that word. And then when you finish that word, you write the next word you hear. You can go a long way with just writing those words and filling pages. Or fill a page with lines. I find it satisfying incredibly satisfying to draw a box and hatch it, to just fill it in. Not to just scribble it in, although sometimes I just let the ink fill it all in that way, but it's much more satisfying the process of hatching. If you are a hatcher, you might have worked with hatching layers before. When I was using a ballpoint, it was a process of creating a veil, which was Layers of ink that build up by going routinely and really deliberately in different directions, very systematically. Something very satisfying in the process. You go one way, then you go the other way, then you go a different way, and then you go the final fourth way, which is also different. So I do that often. It is something now that has become such a part of what I do when I sit with my sketchbook, especially when I just know that I need to be moving my hand on the page and I'm tired or too still and I just don't know what to draw. When I try a new ink color or, more obsessively, when I just need to sit and fill space, I draw a box, sometimes a series of them, often four or more, and I hatch all of them with lines going in one direction. I fill the box with close lines going all the same way. And then I hatch all but the first one with lines going perpendicular to that. So if I hatched them all first diagonally from left to right, then I hatch them all diagonally the other way. And then I hatch all but the first two with horizontal lines. And then I hatch all but those three with vertical lines. The ink builds up, the color builds up, the space fills in, and a gradient emerges too. That's the beauty of it. You see this gradient happen, and you see the darkening. And when you work with fountain pen ink, you see this beautiful process of the ink and the color and the way it comes out. And it is mindful. Mindful. It is definitely something that has been on my mind. I talk about it a lot. And I have read a few things recently, which really have brought this up as something I want to talk about. I don't think that's what's going to happen today, but because today is really this sense of catching back up and positioning ourselves in time. But I want to say that being mindful doesn't mean putting your head in the sand. Of course not. It doesn't mean being unaware of what's going on, but it is a means of self care and of balancing and of being proactive and saying, in the midst of all of this, I need something. And with some really simple practices, I can give myself something that might be able to help. Being mindful can help you take a breath. I have needed a breath. I found a news page early on in this process that dropped the paywall, thankfully, for just this one page back when all of this started, and I have reloaded that page hundreds of times. It's open on my phone and on my computer, and it's just this chronological listing of updates in my area, sometimes multiple updates an hour every time I reload there is news. And it has been important. It has been incredibly important for me to be able to reload that and see. The updates have continued to grow. Of course they have. And it's been more than two weeks here in the Bay Area since we first went to the grocery and shelves were bare. Some of them, specific things, a very specific subset of things. And on that night, we'd just been going for our regular weekly shop. A few days later, the virus already a 24 hour news event here. The first two cases were diagnosed here in the city. And one of those was a parent at our high school, one of the many high schools here, but at our high school, the high school my son goes to. We got a text that said school was immediately closed after picking him up, I went to the store again. And that time, it was with intent. As I drove my son, my other son, home from school a few days later from college for spring break, I warned him, I have to tell you that I didn't clean, but also, and I wasn't nearly as succinct about this. It was a rambling way to get to this sentence, but also there are a lot of cans of soup, so just be prepared. And that day, it still seemed like we were being proactive, even though it was hard to fathom that it would really be necessary, which is partly why I explained it in that way, because it seemed like maybe we were being a little bit strange in having done what we did. We were certainly not the only ones. As the week passed, of course, everything kind of exploded, and slowly the wave of panic blossomed all over the country. I did go again last night to the store, and the scene was just unfathomable. Not in a crazy way, though. I have seen videos didn't know this until today, but I have seen videos of other places where it was utter chaos. So my trip to the store last night was not chaotic in that way. If anything, it was incredibly orderly. And yet the empty shelves from two weeks ago were laughable in comparison to the store last night. It's just unreal. And I know many of you have seen that, especially those of you in larger areas, but I think probably many of you have experienced some degree of this now. So I've been to the store several times in these two weeks. Last night was on a completely different scale. And I was in line for almost an hour. There were lines everywhere. I was in front of the rice aisle and the couscous. There were a lot of people looking for those things. And I was in front of the completely empty pasta shelves. And somehow being in that line was one of the most profound moments of humanity that I can recall. Something about being there, even getting the cart when I got my cart in the parking lot and talked to the person that I took the cart from, and then standing in that line. There's this weird coming together that happens and I think that's what we need, too, this weird coming together. That may be what you need from me. And part of me can't help but bring in details or want to. My conversations last night in the grocery, I could tell you these stories. Somehow they hint at something so real for me. So beautiful and poignant in the midst of this fear that has gripped us all the fear that cruise ship being off the coast here for so many days bred for sure. There will be movies about that ship. I know, no doubt. It didn't sink, no, but it's got all the qualities of a Titanic story somehow. It's hard not to bring all of that in. It is part of the context in which we are all navigating each and every day. But let's shift. Let's move away. A few weeks ago, I was planning to talk to you about indecision. I did have to replace my phone. I mentioned that. I mentioned the problems, and I did have to replace it. The problems had been there a long time, but they got to be problems that I could no longer work around. But, wow, was there a lot of indecision. And it made me really stop and look at myself, the me right now. And at the same time, right around the same time, I finished a book called Maybe in Another Life by Taylor Jenkins Reed. And indecisiveness comes up in that book, too. So I was having this similar kind of thing hitting me from all kinds of angles that went together. I love that. Indecisiveness comes up. Just pick one. Any answer in the moment will do, says one of the characters about something like saying, what's your favorite book or favorite color? Definitely questions that I sometimes or often have trouble answering. Just pick one. Any answer will do. I listened to that book and I saw how different people really are. It's hard now to listen to things like that or read things like that without thinking In terms of things like the Enneagram and this real understanding of how different we all are and how much that goes into our responses and our actions and reactions and how many problems could be avoided if we did a better job understanding that we're just not all the same in certain ways. I listened and I saw how hard it can be for others to understand the other point of view. And of course, both on political fronts and pandemic fronts, that comes into play as well. So I was trying to just pick one for my phone and I knew I was driving my household crazy and I give them credit. They were very good humored about it with me. They also know that it's a really big expense for me. It's a really big deal. I've waited forever with the broken phone They know that making the right decision, one that I can hopefully live with for three or more years, is complicated. Watching how everyone responded, though, it was definitely, again, this moment of, wow, they just don't have these same hangups that I do. I wish I could just pick. I wish I could just pick. I told them I wish I could just make a decision and be done. And I couldn't. I can't. My son had the best approach. He said, if you can narrow it to two, just flip a coin and go with it. This is my high school son. And then he said, and if you aren't willing to go with what the coin toss tells you, then you know you don't really want that one. You don't want it enough. And that's really good logic. But to me, it still didn't solve it. It still didn't solve it. And he also said, if you can't narrow it to two, then just use a random number generator. So he had a very logical approach. We talked about that coin toss, and I said, but then I would be like, okay, how about two out of three? Well, how about three out of five? A few weeks ago, this is the story I would have told you. It was an embroiled story. There were a lot of parts. And then before I got around to it, Ann Bogle's new book came out, which is all about making decisions. It's called Don't Overthink It, and I haven't read it yet. I don't have it yet. I have it on hold, and I'm not great about reading self-help kind of books, although I really do like her. As you know, her podcast is probably my favorite, and I definitely want to take a look at it, but I don't know how quickly I'll read it. If I do, I'm sure I'll talk about it on the show and probably talk more than about moments just like this. I do have my fair share. So it is something I want to talk about more, this whole indecision cycle and what's at stake and what we do about it and how we get around it because the thread of indecision is really related to threads of simplification for me. And the full circle and big picture of that has been going on in my mind. Several things happened that I would go somewhere and I would suddenly realize that this is exactly why I do certain things the way I do. Almost without ever thinking it through, I've just put these things in place that I think are good for me. These kind of systems, they can help reduce the need for decisions, which can be good. And these kind of systems are often easy and can make a big difference. It's not my story today, but indecision is something I've been thinking about. And I will link to that book in the show notes. You've probably already heard about it. She's done a number of posts about it and she has been on other podcasts. I've noticed those announcements, although I haven't heard anything. I've been in book listening mode rather than podcast mode. I go in and out of that. So that's not my story today. But you just told the story, you might be saying to yourself, and yeah, yeah, probably. It's probably enough out of my system, enough that I can push it aside. But that idea of systems of simplicity and minimizing choice and the benefits of that, yeah, I'll come back to that. Because that has a lot to do with my art these days. And I feel really sure it has made a big difference in how i approach my art it just has given me and gives me real calm and that's a good thing it's a good thing right now and it's a good thing just in my sketchbook overall and so there are things there i want to talk about some some things about how to set up space for yourself that you can just fill so what's next then if that's not it what's next it's a bit of a jumble what to talk about because it's been a few weeks and a whole lot has happened in the world in those few weeks. There are stained glass windows in my head and doodles at church and notes on people and there was a trip to a used bookstore which was a universe speaking to me moment And before that, the sense of walking into another store and realizing that really there is just too much. And also that clearly I never get out of those two things. I came away thinking there's just too much. And then there is a street garden of whimsy. When I go through that little list of what could I tell you today to take your mind off of everything that is where I settle. That's where I sink into. That's where I pause in my thinking and I back up and I go, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I should just tell you about that. There's no action required. Not going to be any scary subtext. It's just a moment in time, a bit of whimsy. And I think maybe we can all use a little bit of whimsy the surface level of that whimsy, the surface level of that whimsy. There is nothing wrong with that. Maybe what you need to hear is just something whimsical, something that for a moment can make you stop thinking about the news and maybe make you smile. There are always things I think would be wonderful to do that I know I will never do. This is part of growing up, I feel sure. Not growing up as in from child to adult, but growing up as in from adult to whatever this is now. This growing up is maybe a process of realizing that you will never do those things. Okay, sorry if that sounds really negative. I don't mean it that way. But, you know, I know years ago I thought that painting a car all funky and totally freeform or covering it with dots or graffiti or any of those things would have been awesome. I will totally do this kind of thing someday. I thought, I have to have a car like this. Now, in reality, I probably never would have done it because I would never have been able to figure out and commit to what I would do on it see, this all goes full circle. So I can admit that now that that would have been part of the problem. I would never have been able to figure out and commit to what I would paint. But I always thought I will do that. I will have a car like that. I have to have a car that is just painted that I've painted. And now when I see a car like that, I smile. But I also know that I will never do it. The same thing with painting a garage door, for example, all funky stripes or some kind of mural or intentional graffiti. Of course, again, I would never be able to commit to and figure out what would go on it. But even so, I know now that I would never do it. But at one time, I thought, yes, that will be me. That will be the kind of person I am in my someday world. Okay. So see somewhere along the line, all of that changed. There are other kinds of display type art. I think that someday I can still see myself doing other kinds of public whimsy that yes, I would still love to do. Yes, I would someday, right? Someday most of those things just don't feel like right now things. And I push most of that whimsy off into the future to that someday. And so when I run into whimsy though, I revel in it. And whimsy is often art. It is often about art just as it might be about simplicity or it might be about abundance or it might be about chaos or it might be about color or pattern or recycling and reuse, it is also often about and expressed through art. There is a tree around the corner from me. Well, it's not really around the corner from me. It's around the corner from where I walk, which is very close to where I live. I only found the tree though by accident. I didn't know it was there. Instead of making a U-term one day to head home, maybe two years ago, I ended up driving up the hill and then circling around the back way. And as I passed one side street and glanced up, I saw this tree full of birdhouses, dozens of them. At least that's what I thought. I saw it as I passed and I kept thinking, what did I just see? What was that? What was that? And it was a tree and it's just full of something, which I thought were birdhouses. I was really curious about it. And so after another walk, at some point, I drove that way again deliberately and I looked up that street and there it was. Definitely birdhouses, bird feeders, something definitely unusual. And I've driven by many times since then, but I haven't gone up that street. It's just private enough, the way that street is positioned, that it would feel very conspicuous to drive in front of that house and stop and take pictures or walk that way. I don't know. Someday. Someday maybe. But I smile every time I pass it. I always glance up just to catch a sight of it as I go by. And that's been a year or so ago. It makes me think of many years ago, though, when I could see up into someone's yard from one of the playgrounds that the kids played at. And it was a yard with a bunch of birdhouses or bird feeders in the backyard. And I remember talking about that. And some of you may remember that year I drew lots of birdhouses. And that was the same year. And I could never get close enough to that house to get pictures. But even seeing it and knowing it was there was such a wonderful moment of connection with the project I was working on that year of bird houses that I was doing and birds both. And I did all those on shipping tags or tags that looked like shipping tags that I was cutting out myself. Oh, that's been a long time ago. So I hope I am always somehow predisposed to see these things. To notice these things. And I really hope that everyone who sees these things smiles. I hope that these things have the power to at least make us stop and smile for just a flash. And I know that's likely not the case. I know there are people who are unmoved or who would have very different responses to such things but I hope more people smile than not. That's all. I hope more people smile than not. So a few weeks ago, I headed out on Sunday morning, and I always have trouble parking. This is a relatively new excursion for me, and I do have trouble parking, which could be change my, you know, attempt to even do this. So I've started leaving earlier than I need to in hopes of snagging an easy spot. And then I just sit and wait. So I take a book. I might play games on my phone or check in at Facebook or Instagram or draw. I've done all of these things as I've sat and waited. But on that morning, I couldn't find a spot. So, I turned onto the next major street, and it's a popular street. It's lined with stores and little restaurants and things. And I was going to circle around the block, come back around, and see if I could find a spot again. Luckily, there was a spot right there on that main street, just maybe a block down. So, I parallel parked. I settled in to wait a few minutes, the few minutes that I figured I had. And then I looked across the street. And there were things hanging in the tree. Lots of things. There were things hanging in the tree. I could tell that I had to see this. And I had that tree of birdhouses in my head. So walking over, I discovered this whimsical playland being tended there on the sidewalk. The tree that had caught my eye was full of teapots, suspended in the tree and they each had succulents growing out of them and then suspended between nearby trees there was an empty wooden frame with rows of wire and there were small metal containers each one with a succulent in it a grid of floating succulents in a floating window-like box hanging there it was magical there was a succulent container box positioned around a pole. So it looks like a floating succulent garden with a pole coming up out of the middle of it. On the ground level, there were several succulent beds, little patches, and things like mermaids positioned here and there. I was so enchanted by the things in the trees and the floating window frame-like thing that What was on the ground was less of an interest to me right then, but I had this overall sense of enchantment. There was a zebra-striped bench and an adorable red bench and lots of other things. There was just so much. If there had just been one thing, just the teapots in the tree would have been amazing, but there was so much more. Looking through a fence of the house on the corner there, I could see that the driveway was full of things like this and things going up the sides of the stairs. And you could see that there was all kinds of stuff in there that was just out of sight. I want to know those people. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking. I want to know who these people are. I want to know about this. I want to know. What kind of people do this? What kind of people actually do this? And take it beyond their fence or beyond their own house and right there into the public. Who are these people that have brought this whimsy about? I couldn't get past that. The wanting to know. I need to know these people. I wanted to linger there, but I didn't. And that's often the thing with these found moments of whimsy. You don't just sit and spend hours. It's often something you see just for a minute and you take it in and it makes you smile and it blooms in your head and in your memory in a way. Takes on its own life. Something in passing. I didn't linger. I went on with my morning. But that moment, it has such beautiful softness to it. The bloom of that feeling when you stand there and you look up at a teapot hanging in a tree. And a whole bunch of them hanging in a tree. The glow of that moment, the aura of it. Yeah, that. So wonderful. Had I known about that corner? Going and seeing it and seeking it out, making that a deliberate thing I went and did, that would definitely have been on my list for this year. It is instead simple serendipity that I parked there that day. It's obviously been there every Sunday when I've been in the neighborhood and I've never seen it. I've never needed to park on that street. I've never noticed it. There was serendipity that I saw it. And it isn't hidden. It's right there. Anyone in that area obviously knows it's there and sees it and passes it every day. It's just not a place that I normally am. So it was new to me. But it does fit right in with so many of the things this year—the Yoda fountain, the secret fairy door that I had to actually go and find, the hidden garden stairs—so much wonder and whimsy to be found and admired and enjoyed. Does whimsy have a place for you? I hope so. I hope so. I know it doesn't for everyone. I know not all of us would probably sit and have coffee together and really get along. Some of us would. And in some of your art, I see the whimsy. I see the celebration of whimsy. I see it and I love it. I know not everyone would look at that tree and see the whimsy. Some would just see clutter. But today, I think, is a good day for whimsy. It's a good day to make muffins or scones, or if you have a pound cake in the freezer, and I don't. But if you do, you are the kind of person who. Does it's a good day to make yourself really super easy pedophores, not the kind that are totally from scratch, but the kind that you can make with a frozen pound cake, ready made approach? It's a good day to have a tea party, just you or you and your kids, or make tea and load a small plate with something, whatever that might be for you. Yeah, you could go all real tea and fancy and make yourself some finger sandwiches. They can be very simple. It's not that complicated. Or if you're a candy person, you can cut a candy bar up into, you know, 20 pieces. And when you chop it all up into little pieces and put it on a plate, it becomes something different than a candy bar. And no, I haven't done that in years and years and years, but it still sounds It still sounds right. And then call a friend or a family member. Do a video call if that's your thing. And talk. Talk about this and that, the important and the not. Just check in. I have felt the pull this week. I've wanted to be able to talk, although I feel like we've been talking in my house nonstop. But more than that, I've wanted to draw at night with others. I've wanted to know that others were doing this too. I want to talk about mindfulness and about what I've been doing for sure. But this is enough for this show. Oh, more than enough. I would encourage you to draw something based on today's show. Maybe a bird feeder or a teapot or a succulent in a pot. Just for the slowing down of drawing. Of making a note. Of taking that little bit of time and the balance it offers. And I will be back. I am the art. The art is me. So that is it for today. Is it for today. This chair is so squeaky. I had to figure that out. I do know, and I don't want to in any way totally sublimate. I do know that what's going on is frightening. And I have seen how differently people respond. I will admit that I have had really strong reactions to some of the responses and comments I have seen, especially when things were not as seemingly critical in other parts of the country as they were where I am and in Washington and around the world. I have felt the urge to distance myself from people and comments. I have been super surprised by some of what I have seen. So there is that. In my house, we have talked ceaselessly about the news. As I said, I reload this page I have over and over. I do know now that certain news sources have lowered paywalls on maybe one or two pages, but that wasn't the case everywhere for a long time. And I have ranted about paywalls because I kept hitting those paywalls at the major news sources. And in a critical time like this, I think that is wrong. It is not the right time to try and capitalize on people and withhold news so i was seeking alternate solutions for sure and the one i found has been great as long as it works it has been great we have talked endlessly about the updates about what we're hearing about what's going on about the forecasting and the prediction and the trends and the epidemiological curve and the flattening of the curve the math of it the trajectories we've done a lot of talking. It's kind of what we do. But inside, I have felt still and frozen and quiet and paralyzed. That sense of feeling paralyzed, of being glued to my spot, that has been profound. And like others of you, I've heard some of you talk about this, the more I was told to not go out or to limit going out. The more antsy I became, the more I was wishing, oh, I wish I could just go sit at the library or I wish I could go do this or go do that. I think there's a whole lot of human nature in that. But overall, I've had this sense of being paralyzed. It's been profound. And I think we really have to keep pushing. There really is this sense of sitting and waiting and holding very still. I've had that sensation at other times for other reasons, other things that bring profound anxiety or worry or stress or concern. This time, I really see it. And I know that so many other people are all feeling it at the same time. I'm glad you joined me today. If you listened this far, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Creativity Matters podcast. I hope you are well. I hope your loved ones are well. I hope you are taking precautions. And I hope that you do keep doing things that help you stay balanced, that help you breathe, and help you slow down, and help you keep calm and some feeling of peace as all of this worlds around around us. As always, I'm Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. Show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. You can also find me in the group at Facebook. Thank you to those of you at Patreon. Your support of this show means a great deal to my ability to do this show patreon.com slash creativity matters until next time remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you and don't forget to breathe have a good week everyone